Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I'm trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now this week I'm going to be discussing a little bit about how I go about growing potatoes. And I'm asking, can Grow Your Own help with the cost of living crisis? But before that, of course, we have the diary sections. And I'm starting this week's diary section off on Saturday the 19th of March 2022, and I'm down on the allotment. One of the tasks that seems to be copping up quite often at the moment is the spring tidy up, where I'm just going around tidying up the allotment, making it look a little bit nicer and clearing out weeds. Now, I know this is a really boring task, but at the moment, I know if I keep on it and keep it up to scratch, it's going to make my life a lot easier further down the line. We do pop down here in the evenings during the week from um, when we can and it is making our life a little bit easier just keeping on top of the spring tidy up and the weeding. But what we have noticed this week it is actually been quite a dry sunny week which has been really nice. Nice warm weather, finally feel like we are coming up into spring and it, it's been really quite welcome. The downside of that is our plants do need watering and they are starting to spring into life so it has been a case I've spent today doing quite a bit of watering. Now my general rule of thumb is that I use two 10 litre watering cans per bed in order to make sure they are sufficiently watered. At this time of year that might only be once a week if there's been no rain but as we get further on into the warmer drier weather we may have to increase it and that's generally what I find works quite nicely. It's a very difficult fine balance working out just how much water a plant needs or it's very or it's a lot easier I should say to overwater plants without realising it so it's a bit of a balancing act but there's something we might have to cover at a future podcast. Now the top half of the plot where I have got the three raised beds made of corrugated iron alongside those I was planning to build three more beds and it's something meant to do over the winter I've just not got round to and it's been a bit of an annoyance for me because these three beds are going to be where I grow my potatoes this year. So what have I done instead? Well, what I've had to do is peel back some of the weed suppressor membrane and then just lay them out as the paths so that the three distinct bed areas are clear from the from the weed suppressor membrane. Now, I've laid this weed suppressor membrane down for over a year now and it does seem to have killed off a lot of the cooch grass. Not completely, and I'm sure the cooch grass will come back, so I've got to try and keep on top of it. The only areas where the cooch grass doesn't seem to be coming back is where I've used my green manures, which is why I like to use green manures over winter and probably a lot more throughout this year as well. But what I've also then gone and done, in these three distinct areas that I've built today, I have planted out my potatoes. And this is a great moment for me. It feels like potatoes are in, they're quite a staple crop, they're in the bed for a long period so it feels great to get them in. But for that, I've prepared a little bit on how I go about growing potatoes. The humble potato. It's been with us since 1538 here in the UK. They are one of the easiest crops to grow 
and with such good yields, they are certainly a stable and a must for many grow your owners. I spoke a few weeks ago about the potatoes that I've selected to grow this year, and this is what I have planted over this weekend. I always aim to try and get my potatoes in the ground around the 17th of March or St. Patrick's Day. And what I like to do is dedicate one bed to my first early potatoes, a second bed to my second early potatoes, and a third bed to my main crop potatoes. Now the reason I do that is that my first early potatoes are going to be ready in probably 12 to 16 weeks. So once they are ready, once they are out... I have got that bed still available to grow some more plants in. Leeks are one example that I would pot in afterwards. The second earlies are also, they take between 16 to 18 weeks to be ready, so you've got a bit of time with those. But the main crops, they will be in the ground for a long time, so we tend to leave those in the ground for a bit longer and that bed may not be available it may be and if it is it will be so late in the season and it's probably not worth growing anything except for green manures in that bed to prepare the beds i just simply try and make sure that i've cleared any weeds we could add some well rotted horse manure but it has to be really well rotted because otherwise it could lead to scab on our potatoes we could also add some compost and dig that in well but i tend to add the nutrition as the plants grow so i just make sure we have no weeds in the ground once the beds are cleared of all weeds and i'm ready to go i just simply take a bulb planter and remove the soil from a hole using that bulb planter into that hole before planting the seed potato i'll add some potato fertilizer just a small sprinkle and some mycorrhizal fungi and then I'll drop in a seed potato and cover back with that soil that I removed. Added to that, I will then move another 60 centimetres along and do that same routine again until all my seed potatoes are planted. Basically, I like to give all the plants about 60 centimetres of space between them. Once they are all planted, give them a really good water. Potatoes are very hungry and very thirsty plants. That's why I like to grow my potatoes in the ground. We can grow our potatoes in pots, of course, and pretty much growing in pots is what I always used to do when I struggled for space. Now, when it comes to growing pots, and I will be doing this with my Christmas dinner bed, what I like to do, I take some big bucket pots now these are 60 centimeter pots the kind that trees from nurseries come in and i half fill that up with compost i will place three seed potatoes into that compost and then i'll add a bit more compost just to make sure it's covered and then again water them in well now within about four weeks time i'd expect to see the potatoes start to show themselves and you know then you are off to a good start as they grow, keep an eye on the weather. If we are expecting a frost, you may want to wash out and just throw a fleece over. It's something that I have done and had to do in the past. It's very rare it happens with me, but it can happen. But ultimately, what we want to do as these potatoes grow is earth up. Now, this is where we basically either add a more of a mulch, be it compost or grass clippings, around those potato foliage as they grow and what that does is it one it encourages more potatoes to grow 
It also shades out any potatoes that are in the soil so they're not exposed to the sun, so you don't get green potatoes. And of course, it conserves moisture and reduces weeds. Now, if you've got an allotment and you're doing it in the bed way like I do, this can be quite expensive if you're using compost, unless you have produced enough of your own compost. So what I have been doing for the last couple of years and have found to be really effective is I use grass clippings. I run around on a weekly basis with a lawnmower. All the grass areas and all that grass, I, I throw over my potatoes, as well as a number of other plants. But I throw it over the potatoes and they do produce some good results. As the potatoes grow and grow, you may see flowers appear on your potatoes. Now, in the case of first early potatoes, when you see the flowers, that's a good indication that the first early potatoes are ready. And that's when I like to start harvesting them. Now, we could just dig up the entire plant if that's how you want to get your potatoes out. What I like to do is just stick my hand in the ground and pull a few out. That way particularly with first early potatoes, you're not going to disturb the potatoes because they don't last for long. When it comes to the main crops, I like to let the potato holms completely die back down before I harvest them. So they'll be all nice and green and then they will start to wither away and die back. Once we've reached that, I dig up the potatoes but leave them on the soil in the sun just so the skin can harden so that they can store throughout the winter very very easy to grow potatoes as long as you remember that they do need a lot of water and a lot of feeding now i like to try and water my potatoes on a weekly basis at least and if it's warm maybe even more and then every couple of weeks just add some potato fertilizer just scatter it around the soil and that adds all the nutritions to the plant so potato fertilizer is very easy to get hold of from your local garden center the biggest problem that i suffer with from potatoes is blight and this is a fungal disease it comes around every year without fail it affects my tomatoes as well as my potatoes and it is absolutely decimating blight was in fact the problem that caused the irish potato famine so it just goes to show just how serious a problem blight can be but what can we do about it there's no treatment for blight the only thing we can do is to try and grow some sarpe varieties which are blight resistant varieties there's hundreds and hundreds of choices of potatoes so don't be afraid to experiment but i always try and get some sarpe varieties just as a backup just to make sure i have some available Right, well that is my guide on how I go about growing potatoes. Let's get back to the gardening. Well, I hope that helped with you if you are looking to grow potatoes this year. And hopefully, like me, you are getting yours in at the moment. Now today is Sunday the 20th of March 2022 and I'm in my greenhouse at home. Reason being, I, this greenhouse is now starting to come to life I mentioned last week how the peach tree is really in good flowering starting to really start to show itself off and, and come to life as are some of the strawberry plants and the other plants that I have in here but at this time of year the greenhouse has a rather important feature and that is somewhere that I grow on some of my plants now 
for the last few months I've been busy sowing various plants and getting those growing indoors under grow lights with extra heat and today I had a good pricking out session so some of my aubergines that were sown back in January they've gone into bigger pots I've pricked out some of my tomato plants my spinach plants and a good collection of various plants and some of these are going into the greenhouse just to see how they get on now what I tend to do I have one of each plant just in a pot in here just to see if they survive being in here for the next few days if they do the rest will follow this is just how I tend to like to try and do my gardening because there's nothing worse than putting all your plants into a greenhouse and then you find out it's too cold so I like to just pull a few out there sacrificial see how they get on and then if they do okay we follow them up with the rest now of course it's still a, a case to be made that we've got to keep an eye on the weather if it gets too cold and the weather reports, we may have to move them back indoors or place some fleeces over them just to keep them a little bit warmer. Generally speaking, by about now, I think we will be OK. The other thing we've got to remember to do, and I mentioned this yesterday on the allotment, when we're in a greenhouse, we have to water in here almost daily especially with little uh, young plants because they do need a lot of watering and I don't like having my young plants sitting in water I prefer that the water drains through and falls straight out um, so I don't have them sitting in trays they are floating in the air on the shelves that I have in here and that really I think works at producing good root systems which is so important at the young stage of plants. Now added to that, my leeks that I've sown a while back, they are in here and they are really starting to grow now. They are looking really good. They're, they're very small, but they've germinated. I remember last year thinking, all oh, these seeds are taking forever to germinate. Not so much this year. It's pretty good. A particular variety I'm looking forward to trying is called King Richard that I sowed back in February. And they are really are looking fantastic. We'll leave those to grow a little bit bigger before we move them outside and start hardening them off. And eventually they will go down to the allotment. Right, now... I try to avoid politics as much as I can in this podcast, but something that keeps cropping up at the moment is the cost of living crisis. And for me, that was one of the reasons I started this podcast, because I do believe Grow Your Own can help with the cost of living crisis. So I've worked out a few thoughts on that, which I want to play to you guys right now. History has a horrible habit of repeating itself. Back in 2013, I started the Veg Grower podcast because I was seeing on the news that a lot of people struggling to feed their families and at the same time they had gardens that were just grass. Two years ago, we went into our first lockdown and our supermarket shops were ransacked. They were panic brought and the shelves were empty, leaving people to struggle to where, think where they were getting their food from. And it was unnecessary. Today, I'm constantly hearing that the cost of living crisis is causing more and more people to struggle to feed themselves. The fuel prices are so high that the, the knock-on effect is that transporting of our food, which comes from all over the world, is getting more and more expensive. And that, that expense gets passed on to us, the consumer. But can Grow Your Own help? 
Now, this was something that I have often thought about and I've tracked as much as I possibly could the amount that we spend on growing our own food compared to how much the, the food is worth in value when we harvest it. It's a tricky thing to keep a track of because the prices vary so much. But what I have found is that we can make a small saving by growing our own food. But it's not about the money. Now, I'll come back to that in just a moment. But what I want to start off with is that whilst the amount of food that we harvested is... If we we could buy for a bit more money from a supermarket by buying the lower quality food, the food that we have actually harvested, the food that we grow our own is packed full of nutrients. So it's better for us. It's a higher quality product. It's also got very low mileage because it's literally either outside our back garden or on allotments, chances are it has not travelled very far. So there's a carbon footprint to, to take into consideration because that's going to be considerably lower. But also, and nobody can tell me any different about this, the flavour is always better with our homegrown food. So while the saving may be small, we are getting a better product with better flavour and a lower carbon footprint. But what I've also figured over the years as a way of trying to make it more cost effective to grow our own food is how we can save money. Something that I've always done and I feel every gardener should do is capture rain water. It is such an important part of growing your own and rain falls onto our rooftops and goes down the drain. We could be capturing that to water our plants and save ourselves some money. So I, as you know, I've got so many water butts in my garden that it just saves a fortune. I don't know how much water costs anymore. All I know is that our household bill comes to the equivalent of two people living in a flat. We could also save money by making our own compost, of course. That's what I found to be one of the biggest expenses that we tend to do on our allotments or our gardens. Compost is such a huge outlay. And I've tried buying in bulk to save some money. But ultimately, if we can build more and more compost heaps and produce more and more composts, then that is going to be a huge, huge saving. Now, to try and build more and more compost, as you know, I compost everything that can be composted, and it does pay off. Finally, we can look at recycling items to try and save money. Now, we could be using yogurt pots as seed starting trays, or we could be using uh, milk containers as watering cans. Just a few things that I can think of to save a few pennies in order to make our cost of growing our own food all that more cheaper I mean we are saving more and more money by growing our own food. Now, as I said earlier, the ultimate aim of Grow Your Own is not necessarily to save money, but to get a much better flavour food. And I think that money cannot buy. I'd love to know your thoughts on whether Grow Your Own can save people money in this cost of living crisis. Please do get in touch. Right, let's get back to the gardening. Well, it is Monday the 21st of March 2022 today and I'm back in my potting shed at home and I'm just sowing a few more seeds. Sowing season, I think I keep saying, is really well upon us and I like to try and make sure 
that I sow seeds each week. And I find in that Monday seems to work quite nicely just for sowing some seeds. Now I'm just sowing a few more aubergines, a bit late for aubergines, but I'm just giving it a go. Tomatoes, chilies, sweet peppers, uh, cucumbers, quite a few that we are sowing today because you know what? I can't wait to start eating these and, and, and growing lots of these plants. Now you may or may not know, I like to use what are called quarter seed trays for sowing seeds in. And what reason I use these is that they fit really nicely in my heated propagators and even in seed trays. While not taking up a huge amount of room, they do give plenty of room for each plant to grow. So I like to use these. I fill them up with seed sowing compost, which has added perlite. And sometimes I'm trying brick dust as well as a bit of an experiment because of it. It's quite interesting how brick dust is being seen as a bit of an alternative to perlite at the moment. And I sow the seeds on that and then I'll sprinkle over some more seed compost over the top and then pop these in my heated propagator. And what I also do, as they are young, I spray water instead of fill up with water. I spray water over the top of the compost while these seeds are young because that way they don't get a sudden blurge of water that dislodges the seeds, dislodges the roots. It just works better by spraying, I find anyway. Well, that brings us up to the end of this week's podcast. So please do get in touch. If you want to share what you've been up to in your own allotment, your own garden, or you have anything to add on some of the th- thoughts that I've brought out today. Now you can visit me at the vegrowpodcast.co.uk, leave a comment on a blog post, or you can leave a voicemail using the voicemail service that we have there. You can email me richard at vegrowerpodcast.co.uk and you can find me on social media, just search for The Veg Grower Podcast and I'm quite often available on pretty much every platform. Particularly Facebook. Facebook is probably my number one app that I use. We have the Facebook page and we have a Facebook group which, you know, people are sharing videos of their own allotments, their own gardens, their farms, sharing pictures and asking for help as well, which is great to see. Now, if you want to support me in the work that I do, I really do appreciate any support that I get. You could simply just leave a review on your podcast service. That goes such a long way to help. You won't believe how useful that really is to get spotted. But also, we have merchandise available at vegrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can become a member of our Supporting Members Club. Now, the Supporters Members Club, I charge £5 a month for, and for that, you get extra podcasts and each month a collection of seeds sent straight to your door that can be sown you that month, as well as a newsletter. Now, the idea of this you sow these seeds that month, they're not hanging around, they can be sown and then they go on to produce food. And I think I spoke about the cost of living crisis earlier. I believe this £5 a month would actually go a long way in being able to feed people. That's kind of something that when I set the club up was very important to me to do. Like I say, if you can support me in any way, I would really appreciate it. Right, that's it for this week. So you take care. Please do keep enjoying your garden and I'll be back again next time.